start your weekend off right. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. And here we go. One last time this season, it is BetQLU. I'm Chris Mack. He's RJ Choppy. She's Kayla Canaram. And you are plugged in live coast to coast on the BetQL network and wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. We bring it to you every single weekend, an hour of nonstop college hoops. In this case, college football, whatever the season is, we've got you covered. And don't forget... Inside that Odyssey app, just tap follow up in the upper right-hand corner, right up there, or maybe it's that way. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. You tap follow, you'll get notifications as soon as new episodes of BetQLU are ready. And, of course, you can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv, and on YouTube as well. Just search Odyssey Sports. So, friends, for one last time, we wrap things up, and this time we wrap up a UConn win over San Diego State. They beat the Aztecs just like they beat everyone else seemingly in the tournament. 76-59, covering the spread, hitting the over, and taking on their fifth national championship in program history, all of them since 1999. We'll get into what that means for UConn hoops as a whole in just a second, but let's put a bow at first, Kayla, on the tournament this year. Did you walk away satisfied from it, the tournament as a whole, and what about the Final Four in particular? Well, first of all, this feels like the last day of school. And I just want to say I've had so much fun doing this with you guys every Friday for the last however many months. Um, But yeah, school's out for summer. Uh, As it pertains to the tournament, um, I think I said on the show last week how Cinderella runs are great until you realize that FAU is playing San Diego State in the Final Four. Um, It was fine. It all worked out. That game was actually the best one of the weekend, probably. Um, with that last minute shot, last second shot. But I think we called this all on last week. We said that it would probably be San Diego State taking on UConn. The team that should have won, won. So I was happy with that. I know we're going to get into more of a UConn discussion in a little bit. But yeah, very happy for the Huskies. They've done a lot in the last few years that I think have kind of flown under the radar. So I think we have to start looking at them differently now. But happy for them. And uh, yeah, I think it turned out the way that it should have for sure. Yeah, once we got to the final four, it felt like we were headed towards a certain conclusion. We got that conclusion, RJ. So complain as we may about the fact that both uh, Davids came from one side of the bracket and the Goliath (laughs) came from the other side. Um, I still thought we, as to Kayla's point, one of the best games of the tournament, or at least the best ending of the tournament, came in San Diego State FAU. Um, we can blame the champs for blowing everybody out more often than not, maybe playing some anticlimactic games. But regardless, as a whole, I still walked away from this year's tournament. I know the TV ratings won't reflect it, but I walked away from this tournament, even if my bracket got thrown in the trash on like the third day, feeling good about the tournament we just watched. It was entertaining. It was. It was fine. I mean, the um, the complaints about it, I mean, look, there's upsets every year. I mean, there's up. you can't. You can't have it both ways. You can't say you love upsets and then hate um, hate upsets that ruin the rest of your tournament, even though I do. I do say the same thing. I say the same thing Kayla does. I don't want FAU and San Diego State in the Final Four. But, you know, you can't you can't sit here and, like, cheer for Furman to beat Arizona and then say that, like, at the same time, right? Uh, I saw a tweet this week, and it was, it was 100% accurate. The, the, the NCAA tournament is the only 
tournament sports where your interest decreases as it goes on. Um, right. and, and that's very true. But it was fine. I mean, look, we, we got – at the end of the day, you know, UConn was a, a tremendous team that was underseeded who only lost a big – only lost games in the Big East this year. Um, and they were all in a four-week stretch. Like, you know, they were just a great team. Um, and and it, it, was a, it was a fine tournament. Did we get the matchup we wanted at the end? I mean, I guess when you got to the Final Four, you did. But, I mean, I, I would have loved to have seen UConn had to go through at least some decent team throughout the, to get there. You know, their, their best thing was that they faced was Gonzaga. Like, give me something. Mm-hmm. Give me something here, you know. But uh, oh, it was a fine tournament. <laughs> well, it, I thought it was tournament. fun. It was fine. It worked. It, 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 it gave us gave us some moments, right? Uh, it, it gave us, you know, uh, one final Jim Nance college basketball game. It oh. gave us enough enough clips for one shining moment at the end, right? Um, so yeah, no, I, I'm I've leaned more into the give me underdogs stuff than you guys have, but I, I think whether you like the dogs going deep into the tournament, the Cinderella runs or not, it still was an entertaining tournament down to the final four. But then it struck me. Tuesday morning, I wake up, and I immediately go online, and I see from one website in particular, there were two headlines, literally one, and then I scrolled down just about half a page on this website, and I see the other headline. The first headline was, UConn crashes blue blood party. And then halfway down the page, I get ranking all five of UConn's championship teams. I don't think you can have five NCAA titles and not be considered a blue blood. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. UConn now tied for fourth all-time in men's college basketball national championships behind only UCLA, Kentucky, and UNC. Tied with Duke. And all five of their national titles, guys, have come since 1999. They're the winningest college basketball program if we go by national titles in the last 25 seasons. So they are officially a blue blood. Are they not, RJ? Or are we still having that conversation? Uh, no, I, I think they are. Um, you know, like, w- what defines a blue blood? Like, they have the same amount of titles. Like, is Duke a blue blood? Do we, do we all consider sure. Duke to be a blue blood? Sure. Right. They have yeah. the same amount of titles as Duke, right? Mm-hmm. What, why is Duke a blue blood? Because they started 15 years earlier? I mean, let's, let's be like, you know, like, that, that's it, right? Duke, not even. Duke's first title was, what, 92? 91? So they started eight years prior to UConn? Uh, you know, Duke was a blue blood, after two te- after two championships, like let's be fair, a- after two championships, mm-hmm. everybody kept kept calling Duke a blue blood. It's like there's a line where you draw where you were this age. These are the only people that are allowed to be blue bloods for the rest of your life. And uh, you know, of course, UConn is. They have to be. They, they're they've got five championships. Um, nobody else in the last twenty five years has more than three. Uh, they they have to be a blue blood. Yeah, Indiana, uh, I forgot to mention them as well, also tied with Duke and UConn with five national titles now. But again, you make an important point here, RJ. All five of the Huskies have come in the last 25 seasons since 1999. UCLA, 11, Kentucky, 8, UNC, 6, and then Indiana, Duke, and UConn with five each, Kayla. So it also, I knew you'd like this, jumps them ahead of Kansas in the total national titles category. (laughs) The Jayhawks only with four. So... Look, you you mentioned any of those names, though, in all seriousness, UCLA, Kentucky, UNC, Duke, Indiana, um, Kansas, and UConn. Those those are any of those blue bloods, as I make air quotes with my fingers, in in my opinion, anyway. 
You took the words right out of my mouth. They have to be in the conversation. Like you said, do we consider Indiana and Duke? Yes. Well, they now have the same amount of championships. Do we consider Villanova? Yes, they have three. Do we consider Kansas? Yes, they have four, which UConn has officially jumped, and I love that. So they should absolutely be in the blue blood category conversation. And like we said, just to reiterate, because it's, I think, very important to, to note, they've won five in the last 24, 25 tournaments, which is crazy. So they deserve to definitely be in that category 100%. And re- real quick, Chris, like th- this also... This is their third coach that's done it. Uh, right. That, to me, tells me far more about the program. Duke's only done it with one coach. Um, UCLA, for the most part, has only done it with one coach. I don't even count John half of John Wooden's stuff. I went back and did some 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 digging. I mean, they played they played Jacksonville for a national championship. I'm sorry, <laughs> okay that 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 doesn't no. You did not. None of those counted. So like. You, most of these programs have done it with one coach. UConn's done it with three. It's kind of like LSU. Like, if you get hired at UConn, you basically win a championship. Everybody everybody that gets hired at LSU, Saban, Miles, Coach O, you just win titles, right? And, and I'm sure I'm sure uh, family will wind up winning one down there at LSU, too. <laughs> but, like, you know, the next coach at UConn will probably win a championship. Like, I don't know how this isn't a blue blood. Yeah, and I think getting back to the Big East did matter for them. Like the wilderness of mm-hmm. of the uh, the AAC was not good for them. Um, I think they only won a single tournament game during their time in the AAC, uh, and so it, it's that that conference was again like the wilderness for them. They wander yeah. their way back into the Big East. They find themselves. That's where they belong. Um, it, it just. It, UConn felt like UConn again this year for the first time in a long time. And and that's the crazy part is what? I think nine years since their last national title, right? 2014. So uh-huh. that seven to eight year, nine year period between titles, it, it, it it's almost like it's been wiped off the map now because no, UConn's back to being UConn again. Um, and Danny Hurley is, is a huge part of that. But I, I just, they are right there with any other of the top five or six programs in the country. And the fact that they ripped through the tournament this year, I think helps as well. Would it have been more entertaining to see close games, uh, to see a couple buzzer beaters involved there as well, but sure. But to see them as dominant as they were, they end up going 17 and O against the spread in non-conference games throughout the year, all wins by double digits. Um, they were dominant. And, and I think when we talk about teams that are, again, I'm air quotes with my fingers, blue bloods or power programs, they they checked off all the boxes, it felt like. Yeah, look, I mean, I think Syracuse needs to do the same thing and get back in the Big East. The UConn is out, was mm. out of place in the American. Nobody was going to show up to watch Tulsa on a Tuesday. Um, right. No one was <laughs> going to go to that game, right? They, just, they don't care. You know, when you've been playing, um, you know, Boston College and Providence and Seton Hall and St. John's and Syracuse and Georgetown for umpteen years uh, in your conference, familiar foes, even though they may not resonate, you know, outside of the tri-state area uh, to to UConn fans who are showing up to the game, that matters. Like they're not, they didn't care about going to see SMU and Tulane come in. They just didn't care about that or whoever. So I think it was important getting back, admit that you're not a football program. Like, all these schools leave for football. 
Just admit that you don't you're not a football. Like Villanova was like, hey, look, we're not we're not football. We're, we suck. Um, you know, like, I think Syracuse <laughs> needs to do the same thing. Just admit, hey, nobody wants to play football in in in, in the carrier dome. Like they don't want to they don't want to play in like nobody wants to first of all, nobody wants to go that you don't get football players up there. You have hockey players in Syracuse, you don't have football players. So just recognize what you are and get back into the big east. That's what Syracuse should do. That's what UConn did, and it worked. I mean, getting out of the football business for a while almost, you could argue, saved UConn. Now, I know there are people in the athletic departments at both of those schools right now, at UConn and at Syracuse, who count the the piles of beans, who say, no, 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 we get we get a much larger pile of beans when we get football money, RJ. We need to, we need to maintain our status, in Syracuse's case, in the ACC. And to Dino Baber's credit, you know, they had a good start to the season this year. They hung in there. They have been one of those middling ACC football programs, and that's where the money is. But I think there is a question about, in UConn's case, Kayla, did stepping away from football allow them to kind of refocus on what has always been UConn's brand, whether it's men's or women's, hoops? 100%. I think that was huge for them. Um, I think that helps with recruiting. It helps with crowds. It helps with competition. Um, I would say it's big because now they're playing legit basketball schools who are in the tournament and mix every year, like Marquette, like Villanova, like Providence, like Xavier, et cetera, the list goes on. And I know we've talked about it before, but I think even playing those teams, we didn't see how good they were. Once we got to the tournament, we've stated it. I think they were very underseated. So I think the NCAA, actually the committee owes us um, an apology and money that we've lost, but getting off track here. Yes, but going to back to the Big East definitely helped UConn um, kind of refocus who they are at their core, which is a basketball school. And um, it's good to see them back in the mix. And clearly it's, it's done a lot for them this year. Yeah, we'll talk about women's hoops in particular and surprisingly a conversation in women's hoops that does not involve uh, UConn or Gina Oriema or the Huskies in just a couple of minutes. But uh, real quick, before we get to that, uh, UConn opening favorites way too early uh, title odds for 2024 at BetMGM. They are 11 to 1, Duke 13 to 1, Kentucky and Bama 14 to 1, Arizona and Purdue. Yikes after their early exits this year. I don't know if I like either one of those. 16 to 1. Um, does that make sense for you guys? I know it's it's so early and it's so hard to tell with so much roster turnover, RJ, what any of these teams will look like come fall. Um, but it's almost a bet on coaching and program makeup at this point, this early in the year. Uh, yeah, it almost is. Um, I, look, I, it's, it's so hard to tell. It really is. I mean, you could sit here and, and give me odds. Oh yeah. Great. I'm sure they'll be great. Like half these teams have an entirely new starting five coming in and it's all right. projections, all projections. Like you there's there's really no way of knowing so yeah i mean like if you kind of returns a few guys like fau is supposedly returning a bunch of guys so are they going to go to another final four run god i hope not but uh <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh but no like it's, it, it's hard it, unless you return it was much easier to do this exercise in 1994 you know when <laughs> right. just teams when you knew back. who would be coming back and yeah exactly yeah. So it's uh, just hard to tell right, right now Kim Mulkey stole my outfit, but other than that, I thought the women's Final Four was fantastic. Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, you can't see me. We talk about all of it and the rise in women's college hoops after this Final Four and National Championship game in particular. That's next right here on Beck QLU. 
This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla, here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. And welcome back into BetQLU, our final episode before we head off for the rest of the spring and summer. We'll reconvene. We'll be back here for you in the fall. Hopefully the three of us, get, I'm putting my virtual arms around the two of you because we're the three best Aww. friends that anyone oh, could wow, have and we'll never, ever, 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 ever. You could watch all this, by the way, on <laughs> Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL. You can watch me put my arms out only to have them cut off by the windows that divide the three of us. Anyway, uh, on YouTube as well, go to YouTube and search Odyssey Sports. I'm Chris Mack. He's RJ Choppy. She's Kayla Canaram. And this is how we do it. We talk college hoops because the season has come to an end. We broke down UConn and where they go from here after beating San Diego State. Uh, LSU, the upset win over Iowa in the women's national championship game last Sunday, and the ratings were off the charts. Um, this could be, I don't know. I, I'm curious what you guys think. And Kayla, I'll start with you. 9.9 .9 million viewers at one point peaking, I think somewhere around 12 and a half million, uh, absolutely crushing the, the record of 20 years ago for uh, a UConn NC State, I want to say, UConn National Championship game uh, in 2002 when they had 5.7 million viewers. Is this the inflection point in women's college basketball where we go from, oh, that's nice, to no, 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 that's more, that's more than just, oh, that's nice. This is just as relevant and just as compelling to watch as any other major D1 sport. 100%. I think I speak for a lot of people when I say women's college basketball is back because I was interested for the first time in years. I know Mississippi State has had that run in the past and that was exciting, but this is another level. And I watched the game on Sunday. So did millions of other people. So I think what happened this year in women's college basketball is amazing. Um, I danced at women's games when I was at Mizzou. So I got a front row seat to it then. Um, haven't really paid much attention to it since, but this is awesome. I love to see this for women's sports. It is fiery. It's competitive. Do I dare say it outshined the men's tournament this year? I think it might have. Um, it's it's going to start a whole other generation of young girls um, getting into basketball and looking up to these ladies. And I think what they're doing now is going to – we're going to see it in years to come as well. So um, this was so exciting. I loved the fieriness, the competitive competitiveness between these players, these teams. Um, it was an incredible tournament for the women. It was awesome I said to see. I said UConn NC State in 2002. I was way off. I don't know where I got NC State other than the color red. It was UConn Oklahoma that year. Anyway, they smashed that viewership record. Um, and they did it behind, I thought, the best play. Iowa got there behind the best player in the game in Caitlin Clark. Um, but LSU also won the game behind a similarly, I guess, can't take your eyes off of her type player in Angel Reese. And... Let's start first with, before we get to the you can't see me and the back and forth of all that, RJ, 
let's first talk about is do they have an advantage women's college basketball in that the pro game at least as things are currently constructed is not as lucrative as perhaps the college game if you're one of the top tier players nil is going to make you more money in college than perhaps going to the WNBA. And so you are more likely to stay and fans are more likely to develop a relationship with that player and that program. Oh, they definitely have an advantage from that standpoint. I mean, you get to see a team get built. Um, look, going into next year, quick, who's the best player in, in college in the men's side? I, I, don't, I don't even know who's coming back. Couldn't tell you. Um, exactly. You know, in the that women's side, right? I know at least two. Uh, you know, like there's, I know at least two of them that are going to come back. So yeah, I, I think it absolutely plays into it. Um, I think they do have an advantage. It, it was, it, look, I didn't, I, I'll be honest. I watched, first of all, I was stunned at the Iowa Louisville game that had more viewership than any NBA game all year. Uh, mm-hmm. which I, I don't like, I am not an NBA fan. I love college basketball. I don't like the style of play in the NBA. So I was happy to see that. Um, but it beat a Mavs game locally. It beat a Maverick. I live in Dallas. It beat a Mavericks game locally, and I was I was thrown. I mean, it just didn't beat it. it I mean, it 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 slapped it upside its head. Uh, so like it was like there was interest in this. There's no doubt. And then um, you know, and then the, then the ending. I mean, you, there was this was a this was a great tournament for the women. Um, and I do think there's a built-in advantage that going to the WNBA. I mean, look, they, these girls might make more money in the NIL than they make it. They may yeah. have to take a pay cut to go to the WNBA. I don't know. I don't know what the salaries are like, but, you know, I'll, I'll bet you there are certain girls that play college, women's college basketball that are making more money in college than some of the pros are. Absolutely. I guarantee you Angel Reese in particular with her with her social media following is going to make a lot more money on Instagram via NIL than she would for any team in the WNBA. Um, that being said, I, I agree with you guys. The tournament was fun. I'll be totally honest though. I didn't really come around and start paying close attention until last weekend, final four time. Um, and I think their final four though, was as much as I loved the San Diego state FAU game on the men's side, their final four was more entertaining than the men's final four. So that's huge that you not only draw viewers in, but then you find a way to present a product that's compelling enough. I mean, we're talking about a 17-point margin, right? Uh, same, same margin that you had in the men's national championship game, right? Both games had a 17-point margin, but the LSU, the women's game, the LSU-Iowa game, was more compelling by miles than the UConn-San Diego State game. A lot of it had to do, yes, with Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese, but... Um, it, it, you keep those players now and you bring them back, then yes, there's going to be a whole lot more people who are going to tune into um, a women's college basketball game this fall who maybe wouldn't have before. I don't know if the ref show that we had is a part of it, and there was plenty of outcry over that. More fouls called in that game than I think any other game in the tournament, any other game in years. I don't know if that necessarily hurts, hurts it going forward. I think people were there to see the names that they had heard throughout the tournament, see the faces that they had seen in highlight shows throughout the tournament, and they got what they were looking for, Kayla. Yeah, I mean, the refs definitely inserted themselves, um, and obviously fans and viewers did not like that, especially that call on Clark, and then they thought Kim Mulkey should have had something called against her for freaking out on the on um, 
the bench. But uh, all in all, I don't think it like I don't think it would have affected the outcome anyway based on the score. Um, but it was just it was compelling to watch these players and their competitive fire and. Caitlin Clark, who's apparently Steph Curry 2.0, just draining threes from so far away. It's just unreal. Um, yes, the refs could have toned it down a little and just let them play, especially in the biggest game of the season on the biggest stage. But I don't think it really took away from the the star power, the the razzle-dazzle of it all. I think it was still a very compelling and competitive game. And it got extra compelling when we had Caitlin Clark in the final <laughs> or, uh, final four telling Louisville, you can't see me, to both Louisville and South Carolina at different points, I think. She was she was up for talking trash at any point in the tournament. And then Angel Reese gives it right back to her at the end of the national championship game. I don't know about you two. I didn't have a problem with either one of them doing that. To the victor go the spoils. And if you want to celebrate that way, you celebrate that way. I didn't see any difference between the two of them. RJ, I think it was another classic case, I think anyway, of social media doing more to try and divide us along certain lines than bring us together to enjoy what was, again, a phenomenal weekend of basketball. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, look, if you're (laughs) these girls, these girls were hooping, man. Like they were out Mm -hmm. there talking and hooping. Like let them, let them play. I'm a big proponent of letting them play. Um, Now, like, do I care about? I do. I care for someone like stalking somebody out and doing that. I mean, look, that's probably not the best way to to do it. Luka Doncic always says here in Dallas, look, it's real easy to talk after you've already won. Like talk during the game, but if you're gonna dish it, you've got to be able to take it. And I have no problem. You know, with Angel doing that, like that's exactly what what Caitlin was doing. I don't have a problem with with her, uh, you know, giving it back to to Caitlin Clark. You know, to, to me, it's it's part of it. Just you know, if you can give it, you better be able to take it. I don't want to, I don't, you know, I don't want to hear like complaining about not being, you know, not, don't do that. You're doing the same thing. Like if she's doing the same thing as she is, you when you win, when you have a move, no matter, no matter what your celebration is. The moment someone bests you, you know they're going to give you your celebration right back in your face. Literally right, right back in your face. And I I mean, look, I, I, I'm cool with it. I don't, I, don't, I don't see a problem with it at all. Kayla, it strikes me that part of the reason so many people were attracted to the Women's Final Four this year was because of the fire and the intensity of the competitors involved. And that, to me, the whole you can't see me from both of them is just a byproduct of that. If you don't get that same level of fire and intensity, you're going to back up the arguments of all the people who say, oh, women's college sports just isn't the same. Look, um, and to me, that that was, again, a byproduct of what you get when you get high-level competition. 100%. Everyone was talking about this. When was the last time this many people were talking about women's college basketball? I don't know. This was great for Years. the game. Yeah. Like you said, when you when you dish it, you have to be able to take it. If it was me personally, I don't know that I would have done it right next to her in the moment, but I don't I didn't have a problem with this at all. And I loved what Caitlin Clark said. She said, I don't think Angel should be criticized. I love that she came out and said this to just like shut everyone up about it. She said, mm-hmm. I'm just one that competes. She competes. I think everyone knew uh, there was going to be trash talk the entire tournament. Um, we're all competitive. We all show our emotions in different ways. And then she just went on to compliment Angel saying she's a tremendous player, nothing but respect for her. She loves her game, the way she rebounds. Like, that's a classy move. Like, to then go and compliment the the person that was, you know, trash-talking you right next to you. She says she didn't even see it in the moment. Um, 
again, I don't have a problem yeah. with this. When you win the game and you you let your play do the talking, I think at that point you're allowed to celebrate in any way you want. It, even if it's personally not what I would do, like do your right. thing, whatever's going to like yeah. make you happy in the moment. Like I said, to the victor go the spoils. You do you. And to the victor go the spoils includes the traditional invite to the White House, right? And then we got the, <laughs> well, maybe we should just send both teams. That'd be nice. Uh, to which... Credit to Caitlin Clark. She basically said, uh, <laughs> no, I'm good. Um, we're, we're, the winners go and get that honor. We, we don't need that. And, and again, props to her because I can imagine what it would be like to accept that trip and then go. And then what if Iowa comes back and wins the national championship next year? And it's like, hey, you want to come on back since you're not losers this year? It just the whole thing was kind of cringy for me. Um, but that this is this RJ, this is what we do when people win, they get to celebrate when people lose, it stings, it sucks, it hurts, but that's what motivates you to go off and try to win next time. Yeah. I mean, look, don't even get me started on the white house trip, man. That, that was, I saw that. I was like, wait a second. She did not just say that. Like, and, and you know, there's, there's no way in hell a team would go to the White House after losing. Like, that is that is absurd. Uh, yeah, just have invite San Diego State, too. Have them both have a loser's right. day at the White House. Let's uh, have the whole let's, final you know, four. Yeah, you do it on the, you do it on the front lawn everyone. instead of the back. Yeah, I mean, come right. on. Like, that, that is just the dumbest thing I ever heard of. Um, and I'm glad. I'm glad everyone was like, you got to be kidding me. No, absolutely not. But, it's, look, it's, it's, it, is, it is amazing, the conversation. We have never – really talked women's college basketball on my radio show very rarely we've said we've, it, and if we have it's not about the games it's about some issue that happened like this we actually talked about this game uh i think that speaks a lot about it i think it speaks a lot about to the the sport and the growth can they capitalize on it maybe they can for them i hope they do and I know Angel Reese and Kim Mulkey and uh, everybody on the LSU side were stung by it at first and said they weren't going to go. But this earlier uh, Friday morning, they did come back around and say, no, no, no. Okay, we'll take we'll take the trip. Um, so good on them for getting over the whole thing as well. It was just, and what I do want to see, guys, and what I think would really help keep this momentum going is early next fall. Do like we do every year when we get Duke, uh, Kentucky, Michigan State, and Kansas on the men's side. You've got Paige Buchers coming back to UConn. You've got Angel Reese coming back to LSU. Caitlin Clark coming back to Iowa. Get those three, maybe South Carolina or someone, lump all four together and have a nice early season non-con tournament as well to get that stuff bubbled back to the surface. I'll go for sure. <laughs> Get them all together, have the, the tickets go to a charity like the men's basketball does, and and let's start it early. Get people focused in on it ahead of the season so that they can really be fans throughout the entire season and not just when we get to March Madness in March. Right, exactly. Don't, don't make us wait for the Final Four before we start talking about it again on our radio shows and on social media and everything. All right, when we come back, we start to take a look ahead because football – is not just right around the corner. Football is here, and should it be more here? I don't think that's the right adjective I'm looking for, but we'll explain it next as we start to turn the page already in early April from hoops back to football. 
Uh, we'll get into that and take an early peek at some of those future odds for hoops and football. Coming up next, alongside Kayla Canaram and RJ Choppy, I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> Back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Final segment of the final show of the spring. It is BetQLU. I'm Chris Mack alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram. You know you can take us with you wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, as we are live coast-to-coast on the BetQL network. And uh, watch the show. If you're just hanging out, twitch.tv slash BetQL, or you can always go to YouTube, YouTube, and search Odyssey Sports. Um, Yeah, we're going to get ready to uh, take the summer off from BetQL. When we come back, there will be football, some football futures in just a moment, and an idea uh, that is being floated by some people uh, for spring games around college football. It's an idea. I, I think I like it, but we'll get into it in just a moment. We failed. Uh, 15 minutes, friends, talking about the women's Final Four and LSU national champions. We failed to talk, Kayla, about the Queen of Sparkles, Kim yep. Mulkey, um, who I, I'm pretty sure – derives inspiration from peak late 80s, early 90s Ric Flair (laughs) when he would walk out there with the big feathered robes and the sparkles and the sequins. Um, But man, she's... I I honestly think, and this is no joke, that that kind of flash, for lack of a better way to put it, flair, no pun intended, um, it, it does get people to pay attention and it gets kids to go, hmm, what's she all about? And at the very least, they want to find out a little bit more. And maybe they find out Kim Mulkey is not their cup of tea. She's not a lot of people's cups of tea, even in Baton Rouge, where she's bringing titles to town. Um, but for some players, it might be just the kind of coach they're looking for. I I know she is a hot topic. I have been watching Kim for a while now. Like I said, I danced at Mizzou game. Or I was a dancer at Mizzou. I also danced at Mizzou women's basketball games. So... I got a front row seat to Kim every time we played Baylor. That was actually when Brittany Griner was there. Um, her game, her outfit game has stepped up a bit. <laughs> I think it's going to LSU, but she's always been flashy on the side. She's um, she's fiery. She's competitive. I That's what you want to see in a basketball coach. She's going to go down as one of the greatest women's basketball coaches of all time. Um, but yeah, these outfits... People are paying attention to not just the basketball, but what Kim Mulkey's wearing. And fun fact, guys, I did a little digging. Well, actually, I just saw a tweet last weekend. Um, t- you dug, LSU you dug gr- into in the Twitter. That counts. <laughs> I opened my app and I found a tweet. And this is my fun fact. Um, a former LSU grad, Jamie Gloss, went from petroleum engineer to fashion designer. And she is actually the one behind all of Kim's outfits. She has um, her own brand. What's it called? Queen of Sparkles, which is yeah. a brand I can fully get behind because I love sparkles. Um, but I just thought that was really cool that 
a former LSU grad is the one that's actually making Kim's outfits for each and every game. And that one she wore to the championship doesn't come in my size because I need that. Tiger sparkle sequin pantsuit, sign me up. RJ, um, I, I don't know about <laughs> you, but I was I was almost as jealous as Kayla when I saw what Kim Mulkey was wearing during a couple of these women's tournament games. Um, I just, I can't pull those outfits off. Look, I do think they need to make more sequins outfits for men. Uh, bedazzle the hell out of me if you want to. I'm all in on that one. Uh, you know, I... I, I, I I'm done with the white stitching and 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 you know bedazzled on my jeans. I'm I'm out on what that. What would you what would you rather wear? One of Kim Mulkey's outfits or show up like peak Louisville Rick Patino in the Colonel Sanders outfit? I mean, I'll oh, take Kim Mulkey's Kim sequence. Mulkey. Kim hundred percent chance Kim Mulkey. I I you know, I, I may or may not have some black jeans with sparkles on them. I you know, I I, I can ride like that. But uh I'll tell you, you know. If you, if you want to know about Kim Mulkey, you can see her on TV. You just Google her. You'll find out all you want to know. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a rabbit hole to go down on that one. But no, <laughs> look, I, I have been known. I, I, I do have a leopard velour shirt. So absolutely would I uh, do I support Kim Mulkey and what she's wearing. Is it one Where of those ones that – are you wearing this leopard velour shirt? <laughs> you know. Everywhere? Where can you not wear a leopard velour shirt? You wear it anywhere you want to. It's a little hot. I wore it in college mostly. Uh, it's, it's very old. It's like 25 years old. But, you know, you can't really wear it in Texas. It's too it's too dang hot down here in the summertime. I like yeah. the fact, though, that you haven't given up on it and you still have it in the back of the closet somewhere. I, it's, it's in the closet. I've tried to wear it, and, and the lady says, no, you're absolutely not. You're not going anywhere with me with that. I'm like, okay, fine. I just we like, waited I like seven people, months I, to find this out. I, I like what I know, right? I like people to point at me and laugh, and, and that's my kind of guy. That's what I like to say. Uh, from one outspoken coach to another, how about Hugh Freeze? Um, was doing one of his spring uh, practice press conferences and started talking about the idea, as we shift to, to college football, uh, started talking about the idea of forget inter-squad scrimmages for spring games. Let's have – actual uh, scrimmages with real opponents. He said, let Alabama play Troy and, and Auburn can play UAB, vice versa, whatever it is. Give us an opportunity to actually go live. Sure, it's still a scrimmage atmosphere. It's not going to count in the record books, but give us the opportunity for small schools, uh, players at smaller schools, to get an idea of what it's like to face the big schools. Give the big schools an opportunity to maybe get guys, uh, guys that they know are going to be their ones going into the fall, some reps, and then get a look at the twos and threes on the roster. And let's do it against actual opponents instead of the more controlled inner squad environments. You, look, a lot of places, you sell thousands and thousands of tickets for spring games anyway. A lot of SEC, Big Ten programs, not going to have problems bringing people back to campus for a spring game, especially on a nice weekend weather-wise. But some places, spring games don't really mean much. And if you could do something where you've got a smaller school in the area compared to a Power 5 team, and you could have a little bit of an active opponent scrimmage, I'm all for this idea. Sell a few more tickets, give some of it to charity, and get to actually, you know, get to actually hit somebody in a different colored jersey for your spring game rather than inner squad scrimmages, RJ. I mean, I'd be okay with that. I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the, because I've seen this way too many times. You go to these NFL practices, they have the joint practices right? and then they'll have yep. 
And man, you know what, what happens in every single one? There's a fight. Things like, get chippy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's 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 no rules. Like in the game, you're not going to do that because you can get penalized, you can get suspended, whatever. You know, these practices, I, I don't know. Like it's it's a little scary. Um, you'll get somebody from a small school who wants to make a name for themselves and tries to light up your receiver. The next thing you know, he's got a concussion. Uh, you know, well, I, I'd be okay with it, but I mean, there's I think it would be kind of scary too at the same time. Yeah, I mean, there's always a chance, you know, you, you could get hurt, like they always say, walking across the street, right? We got that after we watched the uh, uh, Edwin Diaz get hurt in the WBC a few weeks ago. You could get hurt playing. You could get hurt walking across the street. You could get hurt practicing with your own guys. Um, Kayla, I, I'm a big fan of this, especially if you can make spring games more watchable i guess i mean if i happen to be a a bama alum and i turn on the sec network on the weekend of the bama spring game i'm gonna watch a little bit of it but if i get a chance to actually see them against some level of opponent competition rather than just against each other i think i'd be more inclined to watch that yeah before rj said anything i was gonna say i don't see a downside to this um i think it's great exposure it's like essentially an exhibition game um Mm -hmm. Or more or less a bowl game for those of us who don't play in big bowl games. (laughs) But then again, you'll probably run into people who want to sit out um, as to avoid getting hurt. But if Bama played Mizzou, it would almost be like a former Missouri players inter squad scrimmage anyway, right? Don't they have enough guys transferring to Bama and Georgia? Hey now. Oh my gosh. I can't talk about it. See, we have good players. The big teams want them. So anyway. They should just stay and, and play for us. But that's an, I'll save that rant for another day. Save Is that, that the first the time fall. we talked about Mizzou? Um, yes, we'll save it for the fall. But no, I think this is a great <laughs> idea. I, I don't see a, a problem with it, especially, you know, like you said, give some of the money to charity, make it a thing. So I think it definitely make the spring game more exciting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything to spice that thing up just a little bit. Get the marching bands out there. Let them do a routine. Let's go for it. Let's go all the way in. Yeah. Um, Bet MGM way too early college football title odds for next season. Georgia defending champs. They're the favorites plus 225. Bama at five to one. Ohio State at six to one. Southern Cal at seven to one. Then you've got Michigan 10 to one. Clemson 18 to one before you get to uh, a handful of teams at 20 to one, including Texas, Florida State, Penn State, LSU, and Notre Dame. If you take a look at some of those longer odds, the 20 to ones, the 30 to ones that are listed at BetMGM, guys, is there anybody you like a long shot bet on? And if we talk about the, say, four teams that are listed at the top here, four or five teams listed at the top, which of them do you like the most, RJ? Uh, I'll tell you, I like Florida State quite a bit. Um, I like uh, like Oregon as well at 30 to one. I think that both those teams are going to have advantageous schedules this year. I mean, Georgia and Alabama, they are they are breaking in new quarterbacks or, uh, you know, and it's going to be interesting for Georgia. They're not going to have a 30 year old uh, under center this year. I don't know how they're <laughs> going to be able to manage uh, what they're going to be able to do. Um, so like, there's a lot of good teams. I mean, there's a lot of good odds. I mean, um, you know, Penn State 20 to one problem with them yeah. is that, you know, they're going to there's two clear, clearly two teams better than them. Uh, in conference, well, more often, more likely than not, two teams, but more likely than not, that Ohio State's going to be better. Um, you know, Notre Dame. Oh God, I just feel so sick of Notre Dame. I'm sorry, I just can't do it anymore. <laughs> I got so sick of them. But, but your guys there your guy. now. Se- Sexy Sammy, Sam yeah, Daddy, yeah. Sam Zach. Yeah. 
I just, I, I know it, it hurt my heart. It hurt my heart for him to go there. I don't like that. But uh, I'll reform. I'll reform this year. They get one year. They're going to get a one year reprieve from me. Okay, one year. I'll take okay. Kayla, Kayla, who's somebody on this list in, say, the top four or five that you like? And give me a longer shot you've got an eye on. I know people are going to hate this, but I, I'm going Bama. I want to see them back in the mix. I want to see them on top. I don't like Saban having a down year. It just feels wrong. And I know a lot of people hate Bama and Saban, but I like it when they are on top. So I'm going to go Bama. For more of a long shot, I'm going to st- stick with the SEC and say Tennessee. Did, did we forget yeah. about our team there? That's um, right, baby. <laughs> I mean, I know that's stupid to say since they're both in the same conference, but um, sure, why not? And then maybe I'll pick another one. Let's. I like Oregon too, actually. Let's go Pac-12. Okay. Yeah, I, I like, I'll be honest, I like Michigan at 10 to 1. I don't know if we consider them a favorite or a long shot. They're right, I think, fifth listed in the odds. I think they're going to be the team to beat in the Big Ten this year. Uh, you got a returning quarterback who who should know the ropes by now and what's necessary in big games. Um, and I think, like you said, RJ, Penn State would be a nice bet in that conference too. But first year starting quarterback and Michigan in the way and perhaps Ohio State as well. Uh, but Florida State at 20 to 1 is attractive. You brought them up. We'll be talking about all of these teams, these football teams, when we get back together in the fall, friends. Thanks to Jake, Kevin, Zach, who have done a fantastic job going all the way back since last August to make us look and sound good every single weekend. Thanks to you, Kayla. Thanks to RJ. I looked the wrong way on the screen because I'm looking back and forth <laughs> on an inverted screen. But I love you guys. Thanks for being so much fun this year, and we'll get back together in the fall, okay? Deal. Thanks, guys. Sorry, it's I ruined been a blast. Group chat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in the fall. Thanks again know. for joining us for another episode of BetQLU. See ya. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. <laughs>